Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. And thanks for checking out the Art of Money podcast. My name is Mark Owens alongside Art McPherson and Luke McCarty. All the information for the McPherson Financial Group, you can find it at theartofmoneyradio.com. All right, so let's get to it here and talk a little bit of taxes here because a new study is challenging President Biden's claim that raising the capital gains tax would affect only the wealthiest Americans. So anyone who earns more than a million dollars in a year. But CNBC's Robert Frank says that those aren't necessarily the people who you may assume. A study done by the Tax Foundation looked at million dollar earners over a nine year period. Now, more than half made the list for only one of those nine years. It also found that one-time capital gains windfalls were the big reason that many people made the list. A lot of those were people who made a million dollars by selling a business that they may have spent a lifetime or even generations building. The new capital gains rate would likely hit millions of taxpayers over the next decade. All right, R. McPherson, tell me a little bit more about this capital gains tax. It seems to be ever evolving. It's going to affect everybody, not just the millionaires. It always does because the millionaires have the resources and they have the money to hire professionals to help them to avoid the taxes. And so they usually are ones that get around the new law changes um, because they have the professionals to help them to do that. So who usually holds the balance of that tax change and that tax audit change is always the middle class. So it always frustrates me when politicians, I don't care if they're Republican, I don't care if they're Democrat, when they start talking like that, it is not true. Typically, the middle classes bears the burden of any tax increases that happens in the tax code. So it's always frustrating. Exactly in his example, he said, you have millions of people that have their own businesses and they're going to sell their businesses. We have a client that was in last week. They're going to have about 900,000 in capital gains this year from selling two properties that they've owned for many, many years. Mm -hmm. But it's a one time. So they would get penalized tremendously with this tax law change that Biden's going to do instead of having a 15% capital gains and have a 39% capital gains tax. So why does the government deserve 40% of their sale of their homes? I mean, they don't. They don't Pause. deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, and re- I mean, they don't even deserve 15% yeah. of it to me, but they're really going to take 40% of that person's sale of that house where that person has spent all that money all that time, all those resources to get that at the absolute tip top sellable price. And then the government comes in and says, thank you very much. We deserve 40% of that with no risk, no out-of-pocket expense, no nothing, no sweat equity, no zero. And that just frustrates me so much when the government gets that arrogant that they think they can dip into our pockets. And the problem with the government when they do that, they are very poor stewards of our money. They do not spend it well and they do a very poor job. And it usually takes about for every $3 they take in, only about a dollar usually hits the street. And that's about as good as it gets. It gets worse from there. Mm-hmm. We have Art McPherson fired up over here. I love it, man. I love the part of Art McPherson. <laughs> uh, I will only add a little bit more because that was pretty good, Art. But uh, you know, we have a lot of clients that own their own businesses. Mm-hmm. And whether they're saving outside of that business or not, they have value in that business. And a lot of the times the plan is to pass it down to someone in your family, to your kids. Well, with this new tax law and this new tax potential change, um, you can't do that without paying the government, right? And let's say you have a 401k with you know a couple million dollars, right? You did really well saving. Well, flip it to your business. If you have a business worth a couple million, you go to sell it to retire. Well, now you're paying this crazy tax that you shouldn't have to pay because you got it all at once. So right. there are some planning techniques. If this comes to fruition, 
um, that says, hey, maybe don't take it all in a lump sum, all in one year, spread it out. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can do estate planning to help avoid this. But kind of like Art said, it's very frustrating that if you have the home and the house and a business and you pass away, now your kids are paying 40% of something you worked hard for, mm-hmm. paid tax on to purchase that. It's crazy to think about. Would you advise, you know, small business owners to kind of reformulate an estate plan or a legacy plan because of capital gains taxes? Absolutely, because we can make a lot of that go away. So there's a lot of things you can do to help offset some of these new rules that Biden's talking about bringing into place. So, I mean, we have ways around them. And that's why I said the wealthy is not going to pay it because they have professionals like us to help them avoid those taxes. But it takes planning. You can't just sell property and not have a plan of attack or you're going to have to pay that 40 percent, period. And that's usually what happens to the middle class because they don't have the experts at their beck and call to be able to help them have advice. So they just sell it and they pay the tax and that's what they do. So it's just, it's frustrating to me because it's going to be a huge tax burden on the middle class. Now, we always ask our listeners, you know, what worries you the most about today's economy? Well, Bloomberg put that question to asset manager Larry Fink, and here's what he had to say. I worry about the potential of inflation. I would say in most financial firms, 90% of the employees never saw inflation. Old people like me, we got our, we started in an inflationary world. I mean, I, when I started, we, we saw, you know, 15% interest rates. So he went on to say that investors may be underestimating the potential for high inflation. Do you think there's any dangers of us going back to the days that he was originally talking about? There's always potential because there's always unknowns in the markets. I don't see it. I don't see us going back to 14, 15% interest rates, you know, we had back in the 80s. Just because if you think about it now, the government's debt, right, is tied to inflation tied to interest rates. If they allow it or we allow it, however it happens, right? If interest rates skyrocket, the government just goes more into debt and then it could be a really, really bad issue. So I think the Fed is going to keep interest rates low for a longer period of time, but I don't I don't see us going to 14, 15 percent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's always the unknowns that every seven to 10 years, something happens we don't know about, but we're we're ready because of our modeling and what we do. We know they're coming, but um, I don't know. What do you think, Art? 14% inflation? <laughs> no. That seems crazy. I think maybe four or five, yeah, yeah, because the Fed would have a major problem with our debt. So unless we get another Ross Perot back, remember good old Ross Perot mm-hmm. and all of his charts and tables? That was the last time we had a balanced budget amendment, and it was under Bill Clinton. The Republicans brought it forward, and they both sides negotiated together, and we actually had a balanced budget amendment, and we actually had a surplus in our government spending. Well, we are a long ways away from that. Now it's seems like the Republicans and the Democrats try to outspend one another. Instead of cutting the size of the government or cutting costs, they're always trying to increase everything. And they're trying to provide this benefit, that benefit, this benefit, and borrowing money to do it. So they are under a lot of pressure to keep rates low because of that, because they spend like drunken sailors. So <laughs> there is a there is a dichotomy there where you get interest rates too high, and it does make the debt less costly in a sense. But then the interest that we pay every year on our debt becomes extremely expensive. So the federal government and the Fed will probably be under a lot of pressure to keep rates at a reasonable rate for sure. Are you getting calls from clients or potential clients, people going into retirement that are 
genuinely overwhelmed with all this talk of inflation? Yeah, people right now are more concerned about inflation because it's in the news more. You know, so you see it on the financial journals. You see it as a topic of concern because we are seeing the prices move up. So when you see those prices move up, you as a consumer feel it like like Luke just said. First time ever he's had to put $100 into his truck. Right. And when you were filling your truck for 60 bucks and now it's over 100 bucks mm-hmm. to fill the same the same tank, nothing changed. It's just the price at the pump has changed. So when that happens, you start feeling it in the real world and then you start getting worried about, oh my gosh, it's my retirement income going to be enough. You know, I thought $10,000 a month was going to be fine or $5,000 a month was going to be fine. Now all of a sudden you're worried, do I have enough money to buy a good pork butt? Yeah. <laughs> and fill up my tank, fill up my as Luke in. would say, because yeah, yeah. Luke's always buying meat. And do I have enough for diapers, too? So, oh gosh. you know, inflation does have its rear its ugly head. And if our government would stay small and lean and pretty much just provide the services we need to make sure that we can be free, a free country and a free society, it would be a whole lot more efficient. But they typically get too involved, try to do too much, and they should let the private sector do more. Right. A.K.A. look at NASA versus Elon Musk and SpaceX. He took a billion dollar to orbit cost to launch a satellite, and now it's 90 million because it's for profit. Did you see they're doing, they're now selling tickets on the SpaceX? Would you do that? No. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just put it this way everything I've ever studied, because we are in the space race here, in the space. So I've grown up here seeing all these rockets go up, and about Every 200 launches, you have an explosion. Mm. That's not a great ratio. Right. If you look at all the flights that go on nowadays, if that, that was the ratio of our airplane flights of a crash, I don't think you'd fly anymore. <laughs> right. But I mean, if you're just going for the, I want to be one of the few people, I might die on this, but I'm going to go do this because it is amazing. I get to go in outer space in orbit and you're willing to take a one in 200 chance <laughs> risk. Uh, go for it. But it's yeah. just, it's a definitely a, a risky proposition. You're basically on top of a controlled explosion. The owner of Amazon, forget his name. Bezos. Just Bezos. Didn't Bezos just, didn't he just pay 30 million to go on some rocket? Yeah, his own. His own rocket, but, he, <laughs> yeah. but he's paying it. Blue Orion. Yeah. yeah. And he's doing a charity auction to get the next seat next to him or something. So for $30 million, no, I'm no, not going to I'm space. Good. I'm good. But like, you know what? But I would send a car in space like Elon did, but I don't know if Jeff should be jumping on the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. it's a good selling tool, right? right. You know, I'm willing to go on my own rocket and you should sit beside me because if I'm willing to go, you should be able to go, right? Yeah, but... However, uh, it's yeah. still a controlled explosion and that's uh, if you talk to any scientist, that's exactly what we're doing when we send a rocket up into orbit. It's so much thrust and so much power. With Amazon Prime, you can get to space two days earlier. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You, you get a discount if you're an Amazon Prime or $28 million. It's something that Art McPherson, you've said before, the biggest question that you always get is will I have enough money in retirement? Well, another big question you get is long-term care. 70% of seniors 65 and up will need some form of long-term care. So, Art McPherson, Luke McCarty, do you have advice for those who are trying to plan ahead for long-term care into retirement? We do. And if you think about the history of long-term care, just because we talked inflation, healthcare expenses historically average about 5% inflation per year. And look how expensive healthcare is. Look how expensive long-term care is. So, if that continues on everything else, it's a pretty big issue when you take it out over time. But yes, there are ways to solve for long-term care. You can use an insurance company and, and do it for cents on the dollar. You know, if there's a 70% chance that you and your spouse over the age of 65 is going to need some form of long-term care, um, I think you should create a plan for it. You know, we have conversations with our clients that says, hey, we need a plan for this. If we're using the insurance company, this is why. If we're not, 
here's our other plan, right? Mm-hmm. There's different ways to solve for it, different ways to skin the cat. Uh, but I mean, the the odds are not in our favor as we're living longer, right? We're just kind of staying alive longer as more things go wrong. That's to, that's kind of what long-term care is. So depending on the type of care you need, you know, Medicare doesn't cover it. A lot of people think, well, hey, once I turn 65, Medicare is going to cover it. Medicare does not cover long-term care. It will not cover you if you need to be in a facility for more than a month, right? I think, you know, if, if you have a memory care issue or something where you're in for a long time, you could see all of your assets, all your retirement dollars be spent on health care. Um, so it's good to have some sort of plan, no matter what that plan is, just know what you're going to do in the event that 70% rolls around and you're on the 70% side. Right. right. And if you've done a good job, Mark, and you, you know, even if you feel like you don't have a bunch of money, you only have like 500,000 in your 401k, but you know that that money, you know, as you've lived on it over your retirement is going to go to your kids and your grandkids. Well, 500,000 can be eaten up real quickly with long-term care costs. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a long-term care facility, even on the low side here in Florida is about $5,000 a month. That's $60,000 a year. And on the high side, you're at about $10,000 a month, which is about $120,000 a year. So you could have a nice portfolio that you thought you're going to give money to your kids and grandkids be completely gone in about four years of time. So it is it is something, why would you do that if you can just, for cents on the dollar, be able to strategize that out so that you still have a legacy plan there for your kids and grandkids and that you are taken care of when you need that care. Do you find that people overlook long-term care? No, I think it's more and more common. It's just I think people don't want to go there sometimes because you're talking about not being healthy. Mm-hmm. You're talking about not being able to take care of yourself. Um, and those are hard thoughts. Uh, I think as dementia and as, you know, a lot of these memory issues are becoming more and more common in our elderly, I think people are more realistic about it mm-hmm. because they can be like, well, I can be healthy, but if I have dementia or Alzheimer's, I may have a very hard time being able to take care of myself. So I think people are being uh, realistic about it now, but it's just, it's a costly expense and it's something that we have to put into the plan to make sure that we can pay for it. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A1 74725. Today's show has been a work of art. 